Go with me. The book of Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. <clears throat> Bible says in verse 30, do not strive with a man without cause. If he has done you no harm. What does that mean? Manion. Proverbs 26. <laughs> now y'all said that I didn't say that. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 17. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. And then those of you who don't know anything about dogs, if you pick him up, he's going to bite you. All right. And I want to give you this thought today. I've got a bunch of more scriptures, but I just thought those two were teasers. I want to talk to you on how to handle third party offenses. How to handle third party offenses. Now, in case you're in the dark about what that means is, you weren't offended, but your friend was, or your family was, and you took up the cause. All right? So who am I talking to? Hey, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you and we praise you for giving us a heart to receive everything that you've prepared for us. God, we thank you right now for wisdom and understanding, revelation knowledge of who you are. God, let us have an open mind as we hear the word today and understand that sometimes we can get caught up in something that does not involve us. So, God, before the day is over, I hope that we'll be able to repent and come to you and receive forgiveness. So we thank you for that. Now, God, we thank you for every man, woman breaking the bread of life around the world. Add a blessing to their words in Jesus name. Amen. And you can be seated. So let's start off talking about wisdom, because the first thing we need to do is we need to understand it's going to take wisdom for you to stay out of folks business. Somebody, now, now that, that sounds weird. You shouldn't have to talk about that in church, shouldn't you? <laughs> so here's what I want you to see. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible teaches us that, uh, here's what it says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So the first thing Paul says is we need to pray for folk so that they can have uh, a knowledge of God's will and then understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Well, the first thing I want you to see is that if you understand what the will of the Lord is for you, you won't get messed up in somebody else's mess. Amen. But he goes on to say this in verse uh, 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And, and, and we're going to show you later on in, in uh, uh, Luke chapter 17 and verse one. The Bible says there that offense is going to come. 
There's no way you can prevent offense. Something, somebody going to make you mad or you going to make somebody mad. OK, but we'll get to that in a moment. So what uh, Proverbs uh, chapter three and verse 30 says that don't strive, don't don't get into contention about something that has nothing to do with you. It says that either by words or your, uh, or, uh, your, uh, your unwise actions, don't get involved in someone without a cause if he has done you no harm. Now, that brings us to what Matthew chapter five, verse 22 says that if you are angry with your brother, that, that's what it says, right? Now, notice that 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 he didn't say if you're angry at somebody. It's very specific. If you're angry at another Christian, we're talking about folks in the house of the Lord without a cause. Then you're in danger of judgment. Now, do you all understand exactly what that means? It does not mean that, that, that you, you decide whether you like Trump or you don't like him. That ain't got nothing to do with you. But we're talking about folks in the house with you. When you, you can't seem to discern good from bad, right from wrong. All right. See, there's a problem in, in, in the world system that we haven't quite mastered yet. And I think it's going to take us a little work to get to that place. But the Bible talks about not having issues with your brother because you understand what your brother went through to be a Christian. Let, let, let me see if I can get that. Everybody got saved the same way. Huh? Through much tribulation, you eat. We entered the kingdom. But when we entered in, we repented. So we were welcomed into the family of God and we were all part of that family. And then when we decided we're going to become family, family don't fight. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Christian families. Now, I know that the Bible probably does not does not give you ethnicity <laughs> in its rendering. Uh, some of the stuff you just picked up on your own. OK. All right. I know that there's different standard in the hood than there are some some other places. But this is church. And ain't no such thing as hood church, even though we try to do it sometimes. <laughs> Amen. There's a couple of scriptures I need you to understand. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 35. You don't have to turn there. The Bible says that God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Amen. Psalms 94 and 1 says the same thing. And then when you get to Romans chapter 18, uh, Romans chapter 12, rather, verse 18, the Bible says as much as lie within you to live peaceful with everybody. Amen. Uh, but see, we, we stop right there, don't we? Because there's a 19th verse. OK, and I'm going to get there. I'm trying to get there. Romans chapter 12 and verse 19, the Bible says this. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Huh? 
but rather give place to wrath. And that really, if you look at the translation, it says to God's wrath. You, in other words, leave, leave the anger to God. He says, uh, for it is written, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. So what we need to understand is that we don't want to get entangled in something that puts us in a position where God has to judge us because we got mad about something that has nothing to do with us. Can I say that one more time? You got mad about something that has nothing to do with you. So before I go any further, let me just say this. Folks get hurt in church all the time, but they get hurt on the job, too. How many of you quit your job because you got hurt on the job? No, some of y'all were physically hurt on the job and you didn't quit. You broke your leg, had your finger cut off, but you didn't quit. But how many of you have been physically hurt in church? Let me see a show of hands. No, I, I'm, I'm not laughing at the fact that he raised that, but his mama said. <laughs> oh, that just made my day. <laughs> but nobody has put hands on you in church. <laughs> That's my point. So whatever hurt you had in church was not physical. All right. Now, remember this. I'm going to come back to it later on. Three F's. <laughs> Three F's. And I, I, I'll, I'll talk about it when I get to the end of the message. There's feelings. There's fact. And then there's faith. What, what do you say? Feeling, fact, and faith. Now, I'll come back and explain those at the end, but we need to talk about some of this other stuff in between, as folks say. Amen? Because I want to try to get through all of it today. I don't want to have a part two to this. And the reason I want to have a part two today is because when you go out and tell folks, you're going to tell it wrong. Oh, you will. You will. So I'm just trying to give you all the facts and all the scriptures that go along with it. So when the Bible talks about uh, getting involved in third party offenses, he's saying that Christians should not be angry with other Christians who have not done anything to them. It may be your family. It may be your friend. But you can't get mad about what happened to them. One more point. Let me try this on the A side. <laughs> Sometimes what you go through is because God is testing you. He's perfecting you. And sometimes we get upset in the testing phase because other people don't support us in what we're going through. Hmm? See, sometimes you're saying, well, why is everybody talking so mad, so bad to me? 
And really, everybody's talking the same way, but you're going through something. So you hear it differently. And of course, you always go to that one friend, right? Did you hear how they talk to me? Yeah, girl, they talk to me the same way. <laughs> Kick that friend to the curb. Don't talk to them ever again in life. Because if they talk to you, listen, listen, if they talk to you the same way, how come you ain't gone? What are you, some kind of masochist? You going to stay here and let them talk to you like that and then you're going to tell somebody, they talk to me that way too. What does that say about you? Oh, well, I'm going to talk about you in a minute. Okay. No, seriously, we, I know this is not, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God. No, this is what you need to grow up. Now, in case y'all hadn't figured it out, I'm on a campaign. I don't want no wimpy, weak Christians. That's why I'm telling you <laughs> the sickle is in hand. If you can't stand, you just can't stand. But it ain't going to be because you have not been challenged. Now, why is he talking like that? Because I'm ready to go to war. I need an army. I need some people who will stand, some fighters. I need some people who are going to be violent for God. I don't want nobody that's always crying and, and hurting and, 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 and always talking about how people said this to them or did this to them. I, I don't need you. You can't fight. I, I'm just saying, I don't need you. Amen. If you want a dessert, this will be a good place. Right now, be a good time. Ease on out. No, if you listen, if you're going to be a Christian, let's be a strong Christian. Don't nobody want no wimpy Christians. Amen. Bible says, having done all to stand. When you've done everything you know how to do to stand, then what you do? Is is that in your Bible? Oh, oh, okay. I thought I was making up something. All right. So the Bible goes on to say this in, in Proverbs chapter three, verse uh, uh, 27 through verses 35. It says that it takes positive relationships, positive relationships for us to walk in blessings. You can only understand the, the, the uh, wisdom of God when you're walking in blessings. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 30, but 27. And we'll go through all of those. Well, I got them here. I don't need to turn to it. It says in verse 27, do not withhold good from those uh, those whom it's due uh, when it's in their power, when it's in the power of your hand to do so. In other words, if I can help you, I need to help you. This promotes good relationships, doesn't it? Verse 28 says, do not say to your neighbor, go and come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you. Don't make me wait if you got it right now. I need ten dollars. We'll come back tomorrow. No, I don't need it tomorrow. I need it today. Okay. Then, of course, verse 30 says, don't strive with a man without a cause. But we're going to come back to that. Verse 31 says, do not be uh, do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. When people seem to be getting ahead the wrong way, don't look at their success and try to imitate it. 
Can I give you an example? Oh, I bought a new car. Yeah, but you ain't tithed in 10 years. You understand what I'm saying? That's not how you get ahead, by robbing God. And why is that, Pastor? Because everybody going to pay sooner or later. See, this is the point you forget. You might make it 70, 80, 90, 100 years and never, ever, ever do anything right. But you're going to die. Okay? And I'm going to get to that too in Luke chapter 16, but I ain't there yet. So stay with me. Look at this one now. Verse 32 says, the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. Ah, see some folk, well, you know what that means, right? Y'all know what I mean. Read it one more time. It says, the perverse person, the perverse person is an abomination to God, but his secret counsel is with the upright. This is, these are the folk that you think that you can endear yourself to and, and get what you want. That's, how, that's why folk who, who think, uh, can, can I just, can we be real? All right. So, so you think uh, uh, Sister Laura might have a couple of dollars. So you're going to figure out how you can rip her off. You're going to play the old pole me. Oh, I need this. So I ain't got no food in the house. Uh, 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 I don't have no clothes away. Can you let me have something? Because you know they have it. But you old perverse person. You want to take what they have. Ain't nobody like that in church, right? Verse 33. This is my favorite. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. Somebody say, why is that your favorite? Because this is the one that people need to remember. If there's a curse on your house, it's not talking about the building. It's talking about your family. It's on your what? You always trying to figure out where these generational curses come from. It's because of you. See, some stuff, some stuff is, listen, some stuff's been going on for 100 years. But some stuff you started yesterday. And when you started, you open up a whole different door. Y'all don't, you don't, I, Come on now. I mean, there might have been uh, 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 all kinds of uh, uh, perversion in your family. You might, you, you, all your parents, and grandparents and great grandparents might have been alcoholics. And you say, oh, I'm never going to do that. But then you become a thief. So now you got a whole new door that you got to deal with. All right. Move on, Pastor, because they ain't doing this too good. Verse 34 says, surely he scorns the scornful, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives what? Grace, grace to the humble. If you submit yourself to God, God will uh, raise you up. But the Bible says it's in due time, right? In due season. The wise shall inherit glory, but the shame shall be on the legacy of fools. Now. I went to that last verse because I need you to see that most people don't have a one shot deal at taking up other people's offenses. Most people are habitual third party offenders. What you trying to say? Pat? There's some people that just get in everybody's business all the time when they ain't got nothing to do with it. 
We say, well, we, 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 we just giving the facts. We just giving the facts. No, 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 no. The only way you can give facts about any issue. Anybody ever been to court? You know, the Bible, the, uh, Bible, the court, <laughs> the court says this. It says that the only testimony that's given in court has got to be eyewitness testimony or you were involved. Not what you heard. That's hearsay. And y'all hear a lot of stuff that's said. <laughs> took a minute, took a minute. No, you're always hearing something. Did you, did you hear? I got one for that too. I ain't got there yet. So Proverbs chapter 26, that's where we are now. I'm, I'm moving on. Proverbs 26 says this in, in, in the Bible. Uh, uh, he who passes by and meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a dog by the ear. So the Bible says it's one who passes by. What does that mean? That means you hear somebody talking about something. Did you hear what they said to sister so-and-so in, in church on Sunday? Had a nerve to, to talk about her hair. I mean, that could have been any Sunday anywhere. <laughs> but sister so-and-so and her hair ain't your business. Unless you're going to take her to the beauty parlor. But it says it's like one who takes a dog by the ears. Now, I want you to see what the Bible says, okay? Stop making up stuff. Listen to what the Bible says. It's one who passes by. What does that mean? You ain't involved and takes a dog that ain't yours by the ears. Did you? Let me try it on this. Let me try it on this side right here. Somebody walking by sees a dog that don't belong to them and grabs it by the ears. We about to have a 911 call. I mean, if, even if it's a little dog, he's going to bite you. <laughs> Passing by indicates that it's not your dog. You don't know the dog. You don't know the dog. <laughs> Let me put it another way. Somebody said there's always at least two sides to every story. I always say there's three. Hmm? That's their side. The truth. Somewhere in between <laughs> is your third party truth. Y'all know what that means? That means that the person who is offended, whoever the person is, whether it's in church whether it's in the home, it could be a domestic situation. You hear people talk about their husband or their wives all the time. Yeah, they don't do this, they don't do that. And then you chime in. Now, now I'm telling you, that's a dangerous thing. Hmm? I can tell you uh, all day long that my wife don't cook, my wife don't cook, but you better not say it. Because I taught her how to use the toaster. 
said. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> because now we're going to have a problem. <laughs> and I know this is y'all, y'all didn't know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway because I want you to be enlightened. You know, husband and wives will make up. Uh, did y'all know that? They, they'll make up. Now, where does it leave you? Now, now, this is my point. That's why the Bible teaches us there's no grace for third party offenders. Because you where's where's the grace for you? Come on, y'all getting this? No grace for third party offenders. Why? Because you weren't hurt. Well, my feelings. Oh, no, no, no. Show me that in the Bible. No, no, no. Don't nobody care about. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Your feelings don't matter in this situation. <laughs> so you get into something <laughs> which will eventually hurt you. In other words, the hurt that somebody else is experiencing, you take up their call and now you hurt too. Problem is that they can get over their hurt. They can repent. They can go to God. They can come back, be made whole again. And you still hurt. And you are hurt because the, per the person you supported repented and you are mad because they repented. You, you don't see that? Okay, let me help you with that. Let me, let me help you with that because I want to make sure this is, 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 is positively crystal clear. I want this to be as clear as water because we get confused. So, so uh, Brother and Sister Jones having an issue. And, 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 and they have a knockdown, drag out argument. <laughs> and then a month or two later, it might take Sister Jones a little while because <laughs> Bubba may not get it on the first try. <laughs> so so they, they make up. And then there's old Eloise in the middle of it. Now she mad with Sister Jones because why did you forgive him? You know what he said to you. Now the problem is, did he say it to her? Is she hurting anyway? Then what's her dog in this fight? Now, how long is it going to take for Eloise to get over what happened between Brother and Sister Joan? They may split friendship. I mean, really, y'all. I can't believe she forgave him after what he did. No, y'all do this all the time. It may not be something as serious as that. But in church, this is what we do. See, we get involved in something that is absolutely not our business. Then we cause all these issues. Now, now, brother and sister Jones have repented 
But Sister Weezy won't repent because she doesn't see what she did was wrong. She sees what she did to John as being wrong. No grace for third party offenders. Come on now, y'all have, have to remember some of this stuff. Let's see, I'm going to write a date on this so that uh, some, at some point in time, maybe every third, every third month or so, I had to do it again. Take about 90 days for them to forget it. So here's what the Bible says. It says that then uh, when, when you are angry without a cause, without a cause means you're angry out of favor. In other words, it's, it's not in the favor of God for you to be angry with your brother or sister. The real literal meaning of that is you are then acting out of grace. There's no grace for something that you ain't got no, no standing in. You know what we told you last week about standing? The court says this, that in order for you to have a legal position in a matter, you have to be personally involved in the matter. I don't mean know about it. You got to be, you got to be the part that was hurt. Now, there's another word called attribution, 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 just like it's spelled attribution. Attribution means that when somebody takes responsibility for something that's not theirs, uh, people do that with other people's work all the time. Amen. But we attribute something to someone else that's not ours. And this is what third party offenses do. We, we give credit to people for, uh, for doing something to us when they haven't done anything at all to us. Yes. OK. And we're good at it. I mean, we really, 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 you know, we don't do many things right in church, but that's one that we know we do it right every time. Mind somebody else's business. We, we. We have a Ph.D. in other folk business. I mean, what it says is I'm mad because my friend is mad. Huh? Y'all don't know anything about it? I'm mad because my friend is mad. Oh, no. How, how about this? I'm upset because of the way blank treated so-and-so. Ain't neither one of them me. Now, in Luke chapter, Luke chapter one, that's why I said we get there eventually. Luke chapter 17, verse one. The Bible says that, that, that we don't know any way we can avoid offenses. But here's what it says. We'll turn to Luke chapter 17. I look at my time and look at my information. I got to be fast with this. How many know this scripture in Luke chapter 17? Everybody? Okay. All right. You ready to have some fun there? <laughs> Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Here's what it says. It says, then, wait a minute. It starts with what? Then? Okay, well, let's go back up to Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Because we need to know what he's talking about then. It says in verse 19, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Y'all know this story. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at the gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs. Now, I'm going to skip down because everybody knows this story, right? All right. So we see here in verse 24, uh, uh, then 
wait a minute, excuse me, I got to back up. I got to tell you this. Verse 22, the Bible said this now. Now, this is important to the story. That's why I want you to see it. Verse 22 is important to the story. Why is that, Pastor? Watch what it says now. It says, so it was that the beggar did what? He died. The beggar, the poor man with the sword, he died. All right. And he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, what does that mean? He went to heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm just helping you out a little bit. All right. Now, notice the rest of the verse. The rich man also what? And he was. Takes a minute, doesn't it? T takes a minute. One died and went to Abraham's bosom. The other one was. Some folk going to die and go to Abraham's bosom. Some folk going to be. See, because y'all don't believe this. All right. <laughs> Verse 24. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Now, I like this. I like the story. And this is why I got to do it fast because I get hung up on the story. Rich man. What does he say to La uh, uh, Abraham? Send Lazarus. He's still in charge. Still giving orders. He in hell. He giving orders. What y'all going to some of y'all <laughs> that don't make it in? <laughs> oh, come on. Help, help, help me stay on track. Because some of you do not believe that when you're dead, that you will, especially if you don't make it into heaven, you will still be doing what you did when you were here, but you're going to be doing it in the midst of a whole lot of flames and torment. You're going to be just as raunchy in hell as you were here on earth. Huh? Just as sorry and disloyal and I, I, Y'all know this story. Now, this, this has been, come on, this has been in the Bible since the beginning of the Bible. That's right. Now, can I just be honest for a moment? Most people never, ever talk about this story because nobody wants to believe there's really a hell. There is a hell. And if you don't do this thing right, you go in there. Now, I'm not going to send you. I don't have one. And as I tell you all very often, I'm not playing with you. I'm serious. I love y'all. But I ain't trying to go where y'all going. Uh -uh, I'm trying to get to heaven for me. I don't know what your version of heaven may be. I ain't messing with y'all because y'all are. Well, well, pastor, that's more, more than path to, to God. Well, you take yours. I'm going to try Jesus. OK, I ain't going to where you going. You, you go on. Whatever way you choose, I'm going to see because you can get down a hoopty or you can get down a Rolls Royce. I choose to cruise. That's all I got to say about that. Now, now, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. So so 
listen at this now. It says, but Abraham said, verse 25, uh, son, remember that you in your lifetime received good thing. In your lifetime, you received in your lifetime while you were here, you you went to the store and bought whatever you want because you had money. Huh? And if you were a sinner, you went to the club, you drank whatever you had money to buy. You danced to whatever you wanted to dance to. You just had a great time in the world. Come on. In your lifetime, you had good things. Whew, this is so good. He said this, he said, uh, uh, verse 25, uh, he said, in your lifetime, had the good thing. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. Lazarus struggled like a dog. Really, he struggled with the dog. The dog licked the sword. Okay. Verse 26 says, and besides all this, this is the part that you want to remember. This one you need to remember. Verse 26 says, and besides all this, between us, there is a great gulf fix. In other words, he's saying, this is what, and these are all words in red. Okay. He's saying that people in heaven can see folk in hell. <laughs> and everybody the closest I want to see you. And then he goes on to say this. He said, and this is what I want you to see. Verse 28. He said, I have five brothers. I need somebody to go back and talk to them. Now, all of a sudden, he's thinking about his family. All of a sudden, he's thinking about his family. After he did, he's thinking about his family. After he did, he's. That's like some of us. We're dead now, sin and trespass. And then when it comes to the end, when we need a savior, we remember family. If y'all weren't here on Friday, Brother Anthony did a great thing about family. And y'all should have been here to hear that. Uh, family is the most important thing you have. Unfortunately, most of us don't know how to be in a family. You, you know, because we have people who are independent in families. And families mean that there must be some interdependence. And if, if we're in a family, we got to be there for one another. We're not trying to outdo the other. Families have to stay together. Families have to work together. Families have to worship. How, why is that, Pastor? Because you can't, you ain't family if half saved and half unsaved. Then you're relatives. Yeah. I got a lot of relatives. Hmm? Not all. Ooh. Now, here's what I want you to see. And I got to do this a little fast. Abraham, verse 29, said to him, uh, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear. He said, you got the scriptures and the word being ministered. If you don't get this from those you won't get it. You don't get saved from hearing. Huh? 
and you don't understand that that people who are speaking to you all the time about what the word of God says, if you don't get it that way, you are not going to get it because somebody from the dead comes back and tells you. Somebody say, well, wait a minute, Pastor, that ain't right. That ain't right. Well, first of all, how many of you know any dead people that came back? Anybody know anybody? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> I couldn't resist, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> now, if you ever raise your hand on that, I'd be a little bit concerned. Uh, nobody knows, right? But we all know one. We all know one. Jesus is the only person we know that came back and said, I'm alive, alive forevermore. And wait a minute. And then he sent his Holy Spirit so that we would have a witness. But if you choose not to believe, then he's saying that even if dead people, if a resurrected Jesus comes back and tells you, you won't believe that if your mind is fixed. Now, that's why that's why there's a hell. Because there's some folk that they, they, they just hard cases. They say, no, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to. Go on. Go on. Now, I know this ain't good counsel. And y'all probably hate me for saying this. But that's what you might need to say to some of your family and friends. <laughs> Go on. Let's try yours and see how it works out. I mean, what you got to lose? Just your life. Okay, you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't feeling me. Okay. Isn't it amazing how many times in the Bible he talks about uh, if, you, if, if parts of your body offend you, you know, get rid of it, uh, cut this off, and it, it's better to go in lame than not going at all. And see, most people don't understand that, that there's some stuff that, that's important to you that you have to cut out if you're going to be saved. You won't like it, and, 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 and you will never, ever be able to get that back. Isn't it strange? Oh, Lord. Isn't it strange that we understand that what we lose in sin, we're never going to get back again. But the consequences, we're going to live the rest of our lives. The consequences, we're going to live the rest of our life. For every sin, the consequences are going to live. They're going to be there for the rest of our life. There's not one of you in this room that can tell me that you're not mindful of what you did. Amen. I mean, we, we all are mindful of what we've done. And we can all we can say is thank God for salvation. Thank God for salvation. But we all have sinned and come short. Amen. But now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 31 says, but he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, that's that's the Bible. He says, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise rise from the dead. That's Jesus. So if Jesus speaks and you don't hear and somebody said Jesus. Yeah, he's speaking to us every day. Right now, he's speaking to us. He's telling us. Better get your stuff together. All right. So that's how we get to verse one of 17. 
He said, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom they come. Now, he talks about these little ones and everybody talks, thinks he's talking about children. He's talking about uh, 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 young Christians, new converts. Now, this is another third party area we have to be mindful of. Old saints tend to meddle in the business of new saints and get them off track. Because, you know, y'all got that old time religion. Huh? It was good for your grandmama. It was great. It was good for your granddaddy. Old time religion. How come you ain't driving an old time car? Mule and cart. If it's good enough for your granddaddy. How come? Huh? But we, we, we have our traditions and, and, and we have our situations that we have taught young people. This is how you this is what you need. No, no. Listen, the Holy Spirit is leading. He's leading. That means that every day things are changing. In 2019, the gospel is the same, but the presentation of the gospel is different. You can see stuff on a screen. You couldn't do that in, 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 in 1920. You, you know, so we present the gospel differently. But see, young people think that means that, that, that liberty means license. What that mean? That means I'm free to I'm free to be me. No, you are not. How can that be, Pastor? I mean, I'm free. I, 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 I'm 21 and free. Well, first of all, I got news for you. Most of you, your brain hasn't finished developing yet. So you still don't know what's right and what's wrong. That's why you need parents who you will not hear, even though they came from the dead, born again, and talked to you. You still won't hear. They just old. They should have been a little older when they had you. And <laughs> I'm just saying, if they had to wait another year, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> now, I'm meddling. Now, that's third part. <laughs> Oh, Lord. OK, I'm out of time, but I got to finish this. So I'm going to go ahead and take a little liberty here. Uh, 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 <laughs> OK. <laughs> Here's what we learn. I got one more story. Can I tell you one more story? Acts chapter 15. Anybody remember the story of Paul and Barnabas? Huh? Another third party dispute. Paul and Barnabas had a fight about uh, John Mark. Y'all remember? <clears throat> and the Bible said they had a sharp dispute. So they, they separated. Right? Paul went his way and Barnabas went his, his way. Uh, Paul took Silas and Barnabas took uh, uh, John Mark. And they went out. Not, 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 now, they didn't backslide, but they got mad. They got mad. Did they get mad? They got mad. 
Now, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy says that they came back together. And this is what's important. That they did come back together. 2 Timothy says this. Uh, he says, uh, verse 11, verse 4, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark, bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. This is Paul talking about John Mark that he didn't want nothing to do with. Now, he got over it. He got over it. He got over it. Barnabas got over it. John Mark got over it. It only took 11 years. I said it only took. It only took. Now, why are you saying that, Pastor? <clears throat> took them 11 years to reconcile. Those names are all names you know, right? Great men of God. How long your reign going to take you? Y'all understand what I'm saying? If it took God's mouthpiece 11 years to come back together, it's going to take you a lot longer. And what were they mad about? Well, Paul said, you know, we went out and, 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 and Mark, he got homesick and he wanted to go home and he, and he left us. Well, he was young. He was young. Somebody said that he was a teenager. Others say he was early 20s, but he was out in the mission field. Well, who wouldn't get homesick? Huh? Amen. I was 18 years old. They sent me halfway around the world. I, I want to go home, too. <laughs> Army's a little different. They say, okay, you can go home. If you can find a way there, go home. <laughs> okay. Here's some things you can do to get over the hurt. Uh, first thing it says, first is this, be a friend. Be a friend. Do what? But don't get emotionally involved. Let me say that again. Be a friend, but do not get emotionally involved. If your boss fires you, you can't get your friend to go to the company to plead your case because they're going to call security. You understand that? You all understand that, right? It is the same way in church. You can't plead somebody else's case. Well, Pastor, I don't think they would treat it right. I'm going to tell you what to do with that in just a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Proverbs 26 and 17. We already gave you that, didn't we? Okay. The next one is be honest in your biblical assessment of the problem. In other words, look at the problem and see if, you, if what you see is, is biblically sound. Uh, then the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 15 that you ought to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth. What's the truth? The truth what the Bible says about that situation. 
Well, pastor, I don't like the way they talk to him. Then find that part in the scripture where it says that it's wrong for somebody to talk to you a certain way. Y'all find that scripture? And y'all looking at me funny. Why is it right for people to talk to me so any old kind of way? And I'm going to tell you why. Write this down. Because they got a mouth. Amen. That's why it's right. You got one. Why is it right for you to talk to anybody in the world where you want to? It's your mouth. But make sure the truth that you speak is biblically sound. All right. Number three. Number three. Remind them of God's power to forgive. Look at Colossians chapter three, verse 13. It says bearing with one another, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against the other. Now, if you if you have an issue, let's go back to them Joneses again. <laughs> if, if Eloise has an issue with the way that they they're having this difficulty resolve, then what if Eloise is a good saint? a good friend in, in the gospel, then what she would do is she would encourage Sister Jones to forgive her husband because it is her husband. Amen. That's what she would do. Yes. And if she had wrong feelings about what he did to her, then she should go to God and ask God to forgive her for her wrong feelings about Brother Jones. And either way, when they reconcile, they could all three be friends again. Did anybody hear that? Okay. Number four. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. First of all, sometimes you don't need to say anything. If you are really a good friend, just sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, you know, you need to put your arm around them and just console them. If they're crying, console them. Let them get through it. You, you did not create the problem, and therefore, you cannot fix it. Wait a minute. Let me try this. You did not create the problem, and therefore, you cannot fix it. If the devil created it, God's got power over him. If God created it, it's for your glory. So... So whoever created the problem is still in the hand of God. You are not the creator. and You didn't create that problem. So stop trying to fix something that you don't have the power to fix. Your pet start having seizures. You wouldn't go and perform brain surgery on him, would you? Man, I had a joke, but I'm going to move on there. All right. Now let me close this by telling you some things. Uh, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. This right here is the end. Y'all learn anything yet? Are oh, you going to practice anything? That, that's. <sighs> John chapter 21, are you there? This is Peter's restoration. Now, I want you to see this. I'm going to stay up here because I ain't got time. It says, so when they had eaten breakfast, y'all know this story. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Y'all remember that? 
All right. Here's what I want you to pick up the story at. Now watch this very carefully. Watch this very carefully. Very, very. <laughs> Verse 19 said, these things, uh, these he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, what? Follow me. OK. All right. Point number one. Your assignment as a Christian, your assignment is to follow Christ. You were called. This is your first calling is to what? Follow Christ. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. Whatever you were called to do, your focus must remain on what you were called to do. What who? OK, watch this now. Verse 20. Bible says, then Peter turning around saw the disciple. Uh, I'm going to give look up Luke chapter five, verse eight and, and uh, uh, Matthew chapter somebody. Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 30. Real fast now, so I don't have to look them up. Got it. Peter, what? Sit, sit. I got to come closer to you. Because I got the mic here. Say it again. <laughs> when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying. That's good. What does the other one say? 14, Matthew 14, 30. But when he was, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Okay. Saw, saw. Both times when Peter saw something, he took his eyes off of Jesus. When he saw something, he took his. Huh? It's good, bro. I know I can feel it, too. <laughs> Here's what it says. It says, Peter turned around, saw the disciple. In other words, here, me and Jesus having a moment. And I see in the corner of my eye. Here come John. Peter made John the third party, but the but but John was not involved. Y'all watching this? Huh? 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 It says. He leaned. Uh, the one who leaned over the bread, he said, Lord, <laughs> who is this? Uh, who is this who betrayed you? And then Peter said to him, uh, uh, but Lord, what about this man here? I'm, I'm adding that. What, what about this guy? What about this guy? Remember what I said to you. And this is what I want, want to show you some. We have one calling and that's to, to, to be a, a follower. Peter kept looking at stuff that had nothing to do with his calling. He wanted any distraction other than to do what God had called him to do. Are y'all still with me? So when he saw John, he immediately did a very foolish thing. He asked a question. Listen to me. Sometimes when you ask a stupid question, you get 
a stupid answer. Amen. That don't sound stupid to, to, to you hear it for yourself. He says, what is this man John going to do? And Jesus rebuked him. <laughs> I could hear what Jesus is saying right now. I can't believe that I carried you on the boat with me. I carried you on the mission field with me. And now here I am trying to restore you after my resurrection. And I am trying to bring you to a place that you can establish my church. And you got the nerve to ask me about John. Now, let me show you what y'all do. Third party, one more time. Y'all do this in reverse. Now, this is this is the reverse. How come heads get to sit up there in front of everybody? Well, how come they get sit on the front seat and I'm sitting back here? Hmm? Now, this is what you call the uninvolved third party. <laughs> but you all look, the same same folk that get involved in third party dispute will take down a third party, too, because busybodies don't have no loyalty. To anybody. <laughs> Write that in your notes. So he rebuked Peter and reminded him that his job, his job, his job was to follow, not to meddle in the lives of other believers. If you follow Christ, you won't have time to meddle in other folk business. Y'all with me? The moment you get off the road of following and you start to look at somebody else's path, you will miss God. Amen. To each person, Jesus has given his particular function. It was Peter's to shepherd the sheep. That's what he said. But his job, now watch this. He says his job was to shepherd the sheep and die. John's job was to witness the story of Christ and to live. Yes. Amen. Amen. What? <laughs> yes. Where'd you see John last? At the end? Last book? There's John with his vision. Peter's job was to do exactly what he was called to do and die for it. John's job was to do exactly what he was called to do and live doing it. But he said to each of them, follow me. You do what I tell you to do. So he asked, he answered the question. If I tell him to do so and so, what is that to you? What, what, what business is that of yours? And that's how Jesus answered a stupid question. What business is of yours? And you know what's amazing to me? Saints end up choosing sides the same way. Huh? Uh -uh. 
I don't know. We all know Peter was crucified. But John died of old age. But they both died. Amen. And when did they die? Say it loud, baby. When you finish doing what God's called you to do, so will you die. Amen. Do you hear what? <laughs> I know that ain't nice, but that, that's the truth. So that means that you ought to keep doing. That's why you can't have a slack day, off day, bad day. I can't have a backsliding day. That's not on the calendar. No, no, no. Listen to me. Here's the problem with a backsliding day. Or you can call it mental health day. Here's the issue with that. You can take a backsliding day, repent, be okay. You can take two backsliding days, repent, be okay. You can take 300, repent, and come back. But your number might be 301. And wouldn't it be a shame for you to die prematurely because you thought you had one more backsliding day. Amen. 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 All right. Let me give you these three F's again real fast and then we're going to stand and get you out of here. We ended this thing by telling you that, that, that Peter's job was to, to, to keep his eye on Jesus. He couldn't, couldn't do that. Uh, if he were not looking to Jesus, Hebrew says, who was the author and the finisher of his faith. Amen. But look at this again. We said feelings. Uh, write this down beside feelings so you'll have a simple definition. It's what I think. What I think. Hmm? Fact. Let's be a little ethnic with this. What it is. It's the actual incident. It's what it really is. And faith. This is the one that's important. What I'm supposed to learn from this and how Jesus will heal me in this. Luke says there's no way to prevent fences from coming. But woe to him through whom they come. So we need to make sure that we're clean. We're not holding anything. And most certainly something that's not an offense to us, but to someone else. That's, it would be a shame to go to hell for somebody else's mistake. So stand up on your feet. We're going to 